You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. It was the uh, summer of 2020. Our, our, our family be- began this process of looking to buy a home. Uh, so right in the middle um, of the pandemic, just a great idea. And um, so we searched and we and we searched and we searched. And I know I know the housing market has gotten drastically worse, um, but even then it was difficult. And so either every house was was out of our price range um, or just needed far too much work than we had money or time uh, to do and so by the end of the summer, we had really just given up hope of, of finding anything. And I remember specifically when we made that decision, um, as, a, as a husband and wife, we had taken the, the kids to Dollywood. We're, we're standing in line for the Fire Chase Express ride, and uh, we were forced, since 2020, we're forced to wear these uh, stifling masks in the summer heat. Um, and so that was a good year, right? That was fun. That was a fun year. Um, and I looked at my wife and, and I said, you know, like, let's just stop looking for a house right now. Um, let's try again next year. And uh, that was the decision we made. And we made that decision standing in that line. And we, I grabbed my phone and I literally moved some money over in the banking app to pay off some debt. And we just waited for the ride. You know, it's, it's always good to remember that, that God is always at work, even if we're completely oblivious to that reality. That very next week, so we made that decision, that very next week, uh, we had a church cleaning day on Wednesday night, and uh, Michelle Gray, if you know her, she, she stopped me in the fellowship hall, and she said, hey, I think uh, my house would be perfect for you all. And she was right. Uh, that week we went to look at the house and it was perfect for our family and within about a month Michelle had sold us her home that she had raised her family in Um, and there's not a a month that goes by that I'm just not aware of that um, blessing it's been for our family it was a game-changing blessing for the future of our children and I I asked her if I could share this this story with you all and because Michelle is Michelle she said of course You can, because it was a blessing both ways. There's time after time, God has blessed me and my family. And if I could swing for the fence here, time after time, God has blessed you and your family. That doesn't mean everything has been easy for you. Maybe it has been been tragic and filled with this immense amount of suffering, but even in the deepest of dark times, God has been present and pouring out his blessings. I think that's why so many of us have heard the phrase, maybe you've said it, count your blessings. Because I think during the troubles of this life, it's good to look around and see how much God has blessed us. But there's so much to be thankful for. And here's the thing. There's a greater blessing to count. There's a greater blessing 
that's been given to us. There's a greater blessing that doesn't belong just to you. There's a greater blessing with a greater purpose. There is a greater blessing that's offered to the nations. Let me show you what that means. We'll be in Psalm 67 today. If you have a digital Bible, I'll read out of the ESV. If you have a bulletin, all of that uh, main passage is in there. But before we read the passage, study the passage, let's pray together. God, we um, come before you with, with a heart of gratitude. God, forgive us for living inside of our brains so much, living inside of our minds so much that we can't even see anything around us that has been a blessing. We can't see the provision that you've given us. We can't see the good gifts that you poured out on us as individuals, even in our own family. All we see at times is just tragedy, sad realities, discouraging things. God, help us as a church to be more grateful. But God, as we, we, we study Psalm 67, um, we deeply pray that you would reveal to us the greater blessing, a blessing that doesn't belong just to East River Park, a blessing that is for the nations. God, teach us what that means. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Psalm 67 is a pretty short one. Um, we'll read it together. It says this. The intro to the choir master with, with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. Verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Selah that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has Yield its, its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. So, unlike the previous psalms of this study, the author of, of Psalm 67 is unknown. It's presumed to be written around 1500 to 1400 B.C., a psalm of God's people before they were taken into the exile. Um, and a simple search would show you that this is what some people might call a missionary psalm. Meaning it's a psalm that, that highlights the, the vast, extensive sovereignty of God over all peoples. That the message of the gospel is not just for Carter County. It is a message that carries to the ends of the earth, which takes us to Psalm 67 as we walk through it. Before we answer the second question in your notes, we need to first answer the primary question from verse 1. So the first question that we need to answer is, how has God blessed us? We might be, and hopefully we are, keenly aware of the physical blessings that are around us. But, but what does verse 1 say? It says, may, may God be gracious to us and 
Bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Meaning, the people of God, first off, are a corporate people. Like, this thing isn't Lone Ranger Christianity, as if God just saved you and no one else. No, from the very beginning, this was meant to be done in community. We follow God as a people. We follow God as a church body of believers. But again, how has God blessed us? Simply the greatest blessing that you can have in this life. It's not a larger house um, or a newer car or a bigger bank account or a promotion at work. All good things, just not the best thing. The greatest blessing is that God has looked upon us with his mercy, with his grace, and that the light of Christ shines into our darkness. A reminder of the Gospel of John, John 1, starting at verse 1, said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And then later down in verse 9, so John 1 Starting in verse 9, it says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The greatest blessing, right at the beginning, to kick us off, is the gospel. That Christ, the Son of God, died on a cross. That Christ absorbed the wrath of God on our behalf. That Christ rose from the dead. That Christ transfers all of his righteousness to us. That is the gospel. And for all that believe in the gospel, they're given the right to become children of God. Jesus is the fulfillment of the longing promises of the Old Testament. So Psalm 67 is not the first time you've heard that kind of language before. Look at number 6, starting in verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall, say, shall bless the people of Israel, and you shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You shall, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Like, like please don't miss what's happening in verse 1. Please don't miss what's being offered by the Lord. You might have unending health problems. You might have unending medical bills. You might have unending family drama. You might have unending problems at work. You might have unending anxiety over the, the things in this life you can't control. But if you have Christ, well, you have the greatest blessing that can be found. He's worth it all. Like, what a great blessing. That's the how, but why? 
I, as with most things in this life, like if you, if you can't answer the why, I, I'm going to guess it's probably not worth it. So we've heard about the how, but why has God blessed us as Christ followers? That's the question that Psalm 67, at least the rest of it, answers. And in your notes, that's the most of the time we'll spend here this morning. Why has God blessed us? Well, point one, if you're a note taker, so that the nations might know. Verse 2, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. If you don't see it already, God has blessed us with the gospel so he can bless the nations. God has blessed us with the gospel so that all the earth might know of his name. It's for his name's sake that he has saved us. And this might be new information for some of us. So let me gently but clearly say, God did not save you just for you. God did not bless you just for you. What an arrogant, narcissistic gospel the American church loves to peddle. So let me put it clearly. God has saved you for God. It's for His glory. It's for His namesake. And guys, like that shouldn't be a downer for us. That should not discourage us. That means that God claimed us as His own so that the nations might know not of your glorious work, but of His glorious work. So if you're a child of God, you get to be a part of that, where the blessing becomes the privilege that it was always meant to be, that He loves you for Himself, that He saved you for Himself that he redeems you for himself. It's for his name's sake that the nations might know. Not a Psalm 67 alone theology, but a strong biblical theology. And this isn't on the screen, but let me just give you a, a few examples from the Psalms. I have a way more, but um, my wife read this message. And she said, that's way too many verses to read on a Sunday morning. So at least let me give you the Psalm examples, all right? Psalm 23, verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 2511. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. 31.3. You are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. 79, verse 9. Help us. Help us, O God of our salvation. For the glory of your name, deliver us and atone for our sin. For your name's sake. 106.8. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. 109, verse 21, But you, O God, my Lord, you deal on my behalf for your name's sake, because your steadfast love is good. Deliver me. 143, verse 11, For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness bring my soul out of trouble. Why are we given the great blessing of the gospel so that the nations might know of his work? It's for his name's sake. It's not like this thing started in Carter County. And I know we've got crosses and Jesus on our billboards, but the Christmas story didn't begin in Elizabethton. We, we are part of the fulfillment of point one. That Christ arrived 
and Bethlehem in the Middle East that Christ spread around Galilee this morning in East Tennessee. Like We are the unfolding fulfillment of point one. We're part of the nations. The message of, of his saving power has, has made it to us. So verse 3 calls us all the louder. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Why? I mean, why, why have we been blessed? Um, we can point to so that the nations might sing. If you look at verse 4, let the nations be glad, sing for joy for you, judge the peoples with equity, and, and guide the nations upon earth. Like, how, how countercultural is that? We hardly ever, even in the church, attach the song, the praise, the worship of the Lord with the judgment of the Lord. Like, I've been in church my whole life. Um, I've never heard anyone kick off a worship service with, it's the Lord that judges us this morning, let's stand and sing together. Like, no, we don't do that one. How do we attach the judgment of God with the glad singing of joy? At least in the context of verse 4, the writer of this psalm is trying to show us that God's plan for salvation was not going to stop with Israel. Yes, the gospel was first to the Jewish people, that Jesus began his ministry to the Jewish people, that Jesus began his ministry in the synagogue, which is why the salvation of the Jewish people is something we should still deeply care about. Like, we should pray for the Jewish people to hear and respond to the gospel because the gospel first came to them. But Psalm 67 is the reminder that God judges without partiality, that he's a good and fair and righteous judge. And the message of the gospel wasn't going to stay in the Middle East. It's a reminder of the Apostle Paul in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. He is not the judge of just one group of people, but all peoples. He doesn't have just sovereign control over America, but all nations. The reality of verse 4, it at least should unlock a new level of a heart of worship for the believer. That we praise the Lord, that we sing to the Lord this morning, because the good news of Christ Jesus has made it to us. So, I was born in Florida. Um, I grew up in Kentucky. I'm raising my family in East Tennessee, and I get to sing to the Lord because he has allowed the gospel to make it to someone like me. That the gospel is, is not leaked news from a whistleblower. The gospel was always meant to be spread among the nations. The gratitude, the thankfulness, the humbleness that we praise the Lord with. 
So last week, um, I, I read an article about a church uh, from the town I grew up in, and this is what the article shares. It says, each Sunday, Versailles Baptist Church uh, has two English services, a Spanish service and a Swahili service. And once a year, they bring everyone together for one service to remind members that they're all a part of the same church. And services are done in multiple languages, special music and dance from the Congolese church members, testimony from Spanish-speaking church members, and ser sermons in both Spanish and English. One of the pastors of the church said, it was really incredible. I preached a few minutes with a translator. Our Spanish pastor preached for a with a translator. The Congolese pastor shared a few words. And together is wonderful, but the challenge is that the Lord is not finished working. We tried to speak to how God's love is being enough. His grace is big enough for every tribe and tongue and nation assembled before the throne. It gives us a bigger picture of our God who has lavish love, a huge love, not just for one people, but all peoples. It seems like every time you bring up race in this culture, um, you either be you either get accused of being racist or woke. Um, both sides of the coin are, say, disgusting in the sight of the Lord. But let me say this. If you only like to praise the Lord with people that look and act exactly like you, you're going to hate heaven. And if that's really your heart, like you probably don't even understand the gospel anyway. Revelation 7, 9, after this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, that the nations will be glad and sing for joy because he judges all people with fairness and equality. He guides not just one people, but all people to hear and respond to the gospel. So let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. All right, so why has God blessed us? Let me give you your last one. So that the nations might fear. The nations might fear. Looking at verse 6, the earth has yielded its increase that God, our God, shall bless us. It most certainly refers to the provision of the Lord in a material sense, that God does give good gifts to his children. You can see this later in Psalm 85, starting in verse 12, yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. That every good thing in your life right now is a blessing from the Lord. And you might say, yeah, but I've, I've worked hard for this. And sure, maybe you have. But there's people that have worked harder than you, and they don't have what you have. And you might think, yeah, well, I, I work smarter than those people. 
Yeah, maybe you do. When you only have the air and the lungs, the ability to work because of the blessing and the grace of God, it would only take one accident or one diagnosis or one crisis to turn that life upside down. It's a blessing from the Lord. He has blessed us. The earth has yielded its increase. But in the context of, of the entire psalm, the yielded increase is also the gathered nations as God's children, that God has looked across the landscape and claimed his own from every tribe. That across the earth, people have heard and responded to the good news of Jesus. Do you see this pattern in the Psalms? Like at the beginning, it says, may God bless us. And at the end, it says, God will bless us. That this thing, is, it's not wishful thinking. God has and will bless us with salvation for all those that believe in him. Why? So, so that to the ends of the earth, all will fear him. I'll put it this way with this one. Um, everyone will one day fear the Lord. So you can fear the Lord this morning as a son or daughter of God. You can submit your heart to him and follow him. Psalm 111.10 reminds us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. You can fear the Lord as a child of God, or you will one day fear the Lord as a son or daughter of disobedience. Romans 1.18 For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. A reminder that hell is not a party. Hell is not even scary because of the devil. Hell is terrifying because of the wrath of God that will be poured out on you for all of eternity. So church, not every person on earth will be saved. That's not the point of Psalm 67. But for sure, to the ends of the earth, everyone will eventually fear him. And so, yeah, we either fear the Lord as a child of God, or we will one day fear the Lord as a son of disobedience. One does lead to blessed salvation, and one leads to eternal destruction. You know it's a blessing to live here? There are so many mountains. There are so many rivers with trout that I can't seem to ever catch. Um, there's so many hiking trails. There's so much history to discover. There's so much good food to eat. There's so much to do within driving distance. It, it is. It's a blessing to live here. But I believe it's lost on us why it's really a blessing to be here. That we are blessed in the South, but maybe not in the way that we often think. It's a blessing to live in the Bible Belt because we're surrounded by the message of the gospel everywhere we turn. It's 
I mean, maybe you know, but it's not that way in other parts of the world. It's not that way in Chicago or New York. It's not that way in many parts of our own country. We have so many churches, so many Bible studies, so many conferences, so many resources, and so many opportunities to hear the gospel that we don't even realize how much of a blessing that really is. So many people don't even have a Bible. I have every translation that's ever existed of the Bible on my iPad right now. A great blessing. So my question is like, what, I mean, what are we going to do with that? Are we going to spend the rest of our lives growing spiritually obese and lazy? Are we going to spend all of our money and energy making Carter County just a little more Christian? Not to say that there is not much work to be done here. Are we going to pray that the gospel only goes to our own family and those we come into contact with? And you know, that's just not the call of Psalm 67. After all, it's a missionary psalm. No, we've been given a great blessing of the gospel. We've been given the power of the Holy Spirit to take the gospel to the nations. It is the scene after the resurrection of Christ in Acts 1, verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But here's what will happen. You'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We are blessed because the gospel must go to the ends of the earth. That's your summary point. That the gospel must go to the ends of the earth. It is the song of Martin Luther. May God bestow on us his grace. God bestow on us his grace with blessings rich provide us. And may the brightness of his face to life eternal guide us. That we his saving health may know his gracious will and pleasure. And also the heathen show Christ's riches without measure, and unto God convert them. Yours over shall be the praise and thanks of every nation, and all the world with joy shall raise the voice of exaltation. For you will judge the earth, O Lord, for bidding sin to flourish. Your people's pasture is your word, their souls to feed and nourish, and righteous paths to keep them. O let the people praise your worth, and all good works increasing, the land shall plenty fruit bring forth. Your word is rich in blessing. May God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit bless us. And let all the world praise him alone. Let solemn all possess us. Now let our hearts say, Amen. Let's pray together.